Acts chapter 16. The text for this evening is there in that verse 25. There we read, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang, Praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. The Lord introduced Saul of Tarsus to Ananias, telling him, He is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. <coughs> but the Lord didn't stop there. In his introduction of Saul of Tarsus, he who later became known as Paul the Apostle. No, the Lord went on to tell Ananias, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Acts 9 verses 15 and 16. How great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Well, when he was led by the Holy Spirit, Paul, with Silas, went to Philippi. They were directed, you recall, by the Spirit of God. Remember, the Lord, the Holy Ghost, closed doors on the way. They were not to turn to the right or to the left. And they kept going in the will of God, and they arrived at Philippi. And there in Philippi, Paul learned the first lesson with regard to suffering for the cause of Christ. And experiencing the fires of affliction there in Philippi was only the beginning. It was only the beginning of the suffering for the cause of Christ and his gospel as we will see this evening but we know from the acts of the apostles and Paul's epistles all that Paul did suffer never dampened his spirit never dampened his zeal that he had for the Lord and the gospel and the things of the Lord and his desire to spread the good news of the gospel and certainly that can be seen the night that he and Silas spent in prison after being mercilessly beaten for we read in our text and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them here in the fires of affliction we find Paul and Silas praying and singing yes we can say that they were singing in the fire the fires of affliction and so let us then tonight look 
at the events surrounding that night in the jail in the prison in the inner prison there the city of Philippi I want us first of all to consider the great trial their great trial <coughs> what a great trial Paul and Silas went through after their arrival at Philippi indeed when writing to the church at Thessalonica the apostle makes reference to what took place and how he suffered for the cause of Christ in Philippi so he certainly remembered what had happened for in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 2 we read that even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully shamefully entreated as ye know at Philippi he remembered shamefully entreated at Philippi so let us see how Paul was shamefully entreated at Philippi when did they notice first of all the indignity <coughs> we know that the total depravity of man knows no limits when it comes to cruelty knows no limits we have an example of that here and certainly we can see that clearly here in verse 22 look at verse 22 and the multitude rose up against them so they had a multitude against them no sympathizers no one to help no one to stand up for them the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them there we have the indignity a multitude rose up together against them and before the eyes of the depraved multitude they rent off their clothes think of that but sure wasn't the same thing done to our blessed saviour For we read in Matthew 27 and verse 28 And they stripped him And put on him a scarlet robe They stripped him They stripped Christ the Son of God And here in Acts 16 We see they did the same thing To Paul and Silas They rent off their clothes There's the indignity Having them standing there their clothes stripped off them before the eyes of a multitude of depraved individuals. Oh, the indignity of it all to do such a thing to fellow human beings. So there, 
Paul and Silas stood waiting to see what would the next crew of action be by those in that multitude as well as the indignity of having their clothes ripped off them the next thing the injury there God's servants stood stripped of their clothing and what followed next was something quite horrific something quite horrific for the command was given to beat them stripped of their clothing standing there before the multitude of people command was given to beat them and when they had made many stripes upon them you know when you look at those words they are just words on the page of holy writ they commanded to beat them and when they had laid many stripes upon them but I'll tell you this if any one of us were to see what was done to Paul and Silas it would be something you and I would never never forget it would be branded on our mind we would never forget it scourging the individual who held the scourging whip he held a whip with three thongs on the whip when Jews administered this punishment to anyone the victim would be given a few stripes but depending on what they had done they would be given up to 39 it was to be 40 but they always stopped one short in case they would make a mistake and go over the 40 so they would whip them up to 39 times that's how the Jews gave stripes to individuals but Paul and Silas weren't dealing with Jews they were dealing with Romans they were dealing with Romans and listen to this the scourging whip in the hand of a Roman yes there were three thongs but at the end of each thong was tied dry bones or pieces of metal now can you only, we can only imagine what that did to the bare backs of Paul and Silas it was Romans and subjected Paul and Silas to the brutal punishment and we can only imagine what the bare backs of Paul and Silas looked like we can only imagine 
not only the sight but the suffering what those two men suffered that night as their backs were opened up in the deep furrows of blood and need for the cause of Christ and the gospel the apostle Paul in particular suffered these beatings numerous times one can be enough to finish any man turn with me please to second Corinthians Second Corinthians, first of all, chapter six. Second Corinthians six, verses four and five. In all things, approving ourselves as the ministers of God, <clears throat> in much in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities. In distresses, this is what Paul said, he suffered as a minister of God. Verse 5, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watching, in fastings. That's not all. Go on over in 2 Corinthians, <coughs> to chapter 11. We'll not read all the verses, but just those relevant to what we're speaking about tonight. You can read it for yourself. Second Corinthians eleven verse twenty-three. Are they ministers of Christ? Paul says, I speak as a fool. I am more. And labors more abundant. Look. And stripes above measure and in, pres in prisons more frequent in deaths often listen of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one thrice was I beaten with rods once was I stoned thrice I suffered shipwreck a night and a day I have been in the deep you can go on and read it for yourself <coughs> five times Paul had been scourged five times he had received these stripes and each time he was beaten 39 times that's what Paul suffered and can you imagine and can, we can only imagine what he suffered and then we ask for what for what why was he beaten five times as well as been beaten with rods for what for murder no for theft no for assault no 
for drunkenness? No. Why was he beaten? Five times. Because he preached the gospel. That's why. No other reason. For no other reason. Because he preached Christ. And the world hates the preaching of Christ. And for the preaching of Christ, among many other things, as we see there in 2 Corinthians 11, he received beatings five times, 39 times. On each of the beatings, 40 save one, as he puts it. That's why. But wait, he wasn't alone. And I'm not talking about Silas. Paul was not alone in such beatings. For the prophet Isaiah tells us of another who felt the scourger's whip. Tell us, Isaiah. Tell us, Isaiah. Who else was scourged like this? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, there it is. With the stripes we are healed. Our dear, blessed, lovely Saviour suffered the same agonizing punishment. So Paul, when he later wrote to the church of Philippi, where all this happened, he later wrote to the church in Philippi and this is what he said. It was his prayer. He was an aged apostle by this time. He wrote in his letter to the Philippians. He said, that I might know him. This is a prayer. That I might know him. Think of it, believer. He's an aged apostle. But he's still talking about knowing Christ having a deeper knowledge of Christ that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death when Paul got those beatings and in his first imprisonment there at Philippi and the Romans beat him mercilessly Paul entered into the fellowship of the sufferings with Christ that would draw nearer to the Lord wouldn't it so we have considered the indignity it was stripped We've considered the injury 
beaten, scourged, were saving many stripes at the hand of the Romans. <coughs> and then we have the imprisonment. So the magistrates were not satisfied with what they had already done to God's servants. Verse 25, sorry, verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, not just one or two, many, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. You'd have thought, being beaten, receiving many strength, was bad enough. But here, they were cast into prison, and their feet made fast in the stocks. We have to explain a few things there. Again, we look at it. How many times have you read that? And as you read it, how often have you paused to think? How often have you stopped to think what that all meant? To be cast in the prison and their feet fastened in the stock. What did that all mean to Paul and Silas? Well, first of all, regarding the imprisonment, we notice the casting. Now what? It says they were cast them in the prison. Cast them in the prison. Now just think of something. Just think of what they have already suffered. They've been stripped naked. They've been beaten mercilessly. Many, many times their backs opened up into raw meat now they're cast in the prison that word cast is a word that means to throw or to hurl to throw or to hurl and that gives us a very vivid picture of how Paul and Silas were treated in spite of their backs been opened in the rivers of blood, they were not treated gently, nor with any care or sympathy. They were cast into prison to get a picture of how they were dealt with. We quote the words of Matthew 4 and verse 18. The day the Lord came upon Peter and Andrew when, they, when the Saviour saw them one day casting a net into the sea for they were fishers. And that gives us the picture. We've all seen it. We've all seen fishermen casting the net out into the sea. That's how they dealt with Paul and Silas. No, they didn't lead them into the inner prison. 
They cast him into prison as a fisherman casts his net. That's what they did with Paul and Silas. Remember, after all that they had been through. As well as the casting, we notice the charge. The jailer was charged to keep them safely. And God's servants certainly did not receive any sympathy from the jailer. The jailer did not treat them any differently. Certainly didn't treat them with kid gloves, as we would say. For we read in verse 24, Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. There's another word. Again, how often have we read over those verses that never stop or pause to really think what the words mean. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison the word cast and the word thrust in the Greek are the same word and so as the magistrates and those in the multitude had taken Paul and Silas after beating them as the way they did and cast them into prison here we find the jailer did exactly the same thing he thrust them cast them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stock what does that mean? no it's not referring to chains when it speaks about stops it speaks about two pieces of wood say about three or four feet wide and in the centre of those two pieces of wood there's two holes and the prisoners would have their feet put through those two holes and then the top part of the, of the wood would be brought down and locked That's what they did with Paul and Silas. That's what the jailer did with Paul and Silas. Made their feet fast in the stocks. Can you imagine them? After all that they had been through, how painful and uncomfortable that would have been. Even trying to stand up in all probability they didn't stand up they would have had to have laid down and again you think of their back and their feet now in stocks and their flesh been ripped our hearts you know if we were 
to, uh, have the possibility of seeing such a thing. If we had been there, I believe we'd have wept. We would have seen something that would make strong men weep. But you think of Paul and Silas. There's no reference to them weeping. And there's no mention, this is it, there's no mention of them complaining. And that's something. Never complained. So we have seen something of the great trial. That leads us now to consider the great triumph. Now you would say, how is that possible? Where's the triumph? They've been beaten mercilessly. They cast into the inner prison, into the dungeon, into the deepest part of the prison. Feet put in stocks, backs bleeding, suffering, I'm sure, terrible pain. But there's triumph here. There is triumph here because at the darkest hour of the night, midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. There's the triumph. In the midst of the trial, Paul and Silas were triumphant. Praise the Lord. They were triumphant. First of all, we notice they're praying. The persecutors may have tried to keep Paul and Silas from preaching, but there's one thing they couldn't do. They couldn't keep them from praying. They prayed that night. They may have beaten them, but they still prayed. They may have been suffering terrible pain. The flowers had plowed upon their backs and made long, deep furrows. Ah, but they still prayed. Lying in the inner prison, a dungeon was dark and damp. They still prayed. Their feet in stocks and no relief for their pain and no one to sympathize with them but they still pray well that's what James has told us to do James 5 verse 13 is any among you afflicted let him pray well that's exactly what Paul and Silas did they were afflicted. And oh, what affliction. And you will notice that when they were thrust into the inner prison, notice the first thing they did was pray. First thing they did. They cast into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks and we know that the word and is a joining word 
laid their feet fast in the stock and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed first thing they did was to pray nothing could stop them from praying no one could stop them from calling upon their God and so at midnight Paul and Silas prayed no you think of it no they didn't make prayer or pray they didn't pray as a last resort there's no record here of Paul and Silas after they were cast into the inner prison lying there and complaining one to another what are we going to do now no cast into the inner prison and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed first thing they did it wasn't as it were as a last resort that they prayed no first thing they did the first thing they did was pray like Daniel remember the conspiracy that was formed against Daniel if he was found praying to his God he would be cast into a den of lions we do not read of Daniel pacing up and down his house wringing his hands what am I going to do now what was the first thing he did was pray first thing he did for we read in Daniel 6 and verse 10 he went into his house and his windows being opened oh no he didn't pray in a corner somewhere hoping nobody would hear him he went into his house <coughs> his windows being opened in the chamber toward Jerusalem he kneeled down upon his knees three times a day in prayer so it wasn't a little a quick little prayer hoping nobody would hear him he had his windows open he didn't pray once he prayed three times seeing Paul and Silas praying there in the inner prison think of it we've just gone over what Paul and Silas suffered and all that they had been through they still prayed and surely that leaves us without an excuse for not praying couldn't come up with much of an excuse could we? for not praying when we see that Paul and Silas went through and they still pray they're praying then you have their prayers their prayers you say who could possibly sing praises on to God in such horrific circumstances and enduring and suffering such pain well Paul and Silas did there we see there we see the benefit of them praying first now what it says says and at midnight 
Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises. They prayed first, and praying first enabled them to sing praises unto the Lord. Prayer gave them strength, no doubt, physical strength to sing, spiritual strength to sing praises unto God. Now we just made reference to Daniel about him going in to his house, the windows being opened toward Jerusalem. He kneeled down on his knees and prayed three times. But it doesn't stop there. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and gave thanks before the God as he did aforetime. Daniel 6 and 10 again. Pray first. And Daniel knowing the threat that was out against them the law that was against them he prayed <coughs> and he was still, still able to give thanks to God it's the importance of prayer it's the importance of prayer yes they were able to pray in the and prayers, pray and pray in the fires of affliction And those fires burned hot that night for Paul and Silas. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Marvelous. Just as Job said, and we know it, something of a Job went <coughs> Job said, but none said, God is where is God my maker who giveth songs in the night well that's exactly what God gave to Paul and Silas he certainly gave them grace and he gave them songs in the night now Paul and Silas did not complain and say where is our God didn't say that instead they knew that God was with them there in the inner prison they knew he was there and he gave them songs in the night only those who know the God of Job and the God of Paul and the God of Silas can understand that can understand only those who know Christ can understand what it <coughs> is like and how they are enabled to sing praises unto God in the midst of the fires of affliction We have the praying, we have the praising, we have the peace. Something we touched on this morning, dealing with our motto text. 
and how God had given the word to Joshua and told him not to be afraid neither be thy dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest and as Joshua took up the reins of leadership God had given him peace and surely when you read the words of verse, tw- of verse 25 here in Acts and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them surely we have to say Paul and Silas had great peace as I say there were no, no complaints no chiding with the Lord no they had great peace because they are able to sing praises unto God and it was Paul himself who said to the Philippian church the church of Philippi he was speaking from experience when he wrote these words Philippians 4 and 7 the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus now we see Paul and Silas in the inner prison we've learned something of what they've gone through and the pain they must have been suffering (coughs) and yet they were able to sing what would you say? (coughs) Well, did some people say, say, boy, I don't understand that. That's hard to understand. <laughs> ah, well, support all. God gives the peace that passeth all understanding. People don't understand. And there's many a person would read there about Paul and Silas, and they would have to say, I don't understand how those men were able to pray and able to sing praises to God after all that went through. But that's it. Because the Lord gives us the peace that cannot be understood by the world. world can't understand. Colossians 3 and verse 15 Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And the peace of God certainly rules in Paul's heart. In the heart of Silas. <coughs> But they weren't the only ones. You go back to Acts 12. We press on quickly. Acts 12. (coughs) Peter's in prison. His life has been threatened because Herod has already killed James and he saw that it pleased the people. Peter was next. Prayer was made of the church unto God for for Peter prayed without ceasing. The Lord answered prayer and sent an angel. Acts 12 and verse 6 And when Herod would have brought him forth. So Herod was planning and bringing Peter forth to put him to death. 
He was in the very action of doing that. And behold, and when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Look at that. Can you understand that? His life was threatened. He knows what Herod did to James. And he's next. And lo and behold, when the angel came, Peter was fast asleep. There's the peace of God which passes all understanding. The world cannot understand that. But sure the Lord told us that. What did the Lord say? Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Listen. Not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. That's the peace of God. Not the peace of the world peace of God which passes all understanding as the Paul and Silas had an experience that night so we have the great trial we have the great trial and then you have the great testimony after all of what they had been through Did they not bear a great testimony for the Lord before the other prisoners? At midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises on to God and the prisoners heard them. There's their testimony. Prisoners heard them. What a testimony that was before the ungodly. When in adverse circumstances they were able to pray and were able to sing. That's a great testimony. We see their boldness. Remember Paul and Silas had been cast into the inner prison. Yet when they prayed and sang praises unto God, the prisoners heard them. What does that tell us? That surely tells us they prayed aloud and they sang aloud. Must have. They're in the inner prison. They would be, we have no idea of course, but they would be some distance from the other prisoners. But the other prisoners heard them. So that tells me they prayed aloud and they sang <coughs> Alive, so loud the prisoners heard them we can learn from God's servants we can learn from God's servants when we gather together here in God's house to worship God and we come to sing the psalm and we come to sing the hymns let us sing aloud 
Let us sing aloud. Nehemiah 12 and verse 42 we read and the singers sang loud. Let's not hold back when we come to praise our God. Let us come and sing aloud and sing with all of our hearts. That's not evidently that's what happened upon silence. They sang aloud. Dory and I got by, we settled down town called Tanrigay. That's where we were saved, that's our home church. Six miles away is another town called Portadown. And in the days when bakeries would send men out in bread carts and they would drive down and round the streets and people would have ordered their bread and or come out and the bread man he would have pulled out the big tray out of the back of the van and the customers would look at the bread or look at the pastry and there was one man in particular he was a Christian <coughs> and whenever he got into a street and got out of the van and goes round the back to open the doors and pull out the tread he was always singing <laughs> and people heard him he didn't have to blow a horn or anything like they heard this brother singing and he got the nickname the hallelujah bread man <laughs> it was the hallelujah bread man as some testimony he sang yes and people heard him sing Paul and Silas sang that night and the prisoners heard them as well as their boldness they sang aloud they have their blessing yes the praying and singing of God's servants showed that they were in blessing themselves they were in blessing themselves they were rejoicing in the Lord they were able to pray and sing praises unto the Lord and they were able to sing and pray aloud they were in blessing but the other blessing was the fact that the prisoners heard them now I think of it if they were praying aloud they would have been mentioning the Lord's name they would have been speaking to and speaking about the God of heaven and that's what the prisoners heard and whenever they would have sang praises unto God again they would have mentioned the Lord they would have mentioned Christ they would have mentioned the Saviour and that's what the prisoners heard they were in blessing and it was a blessing for Paul and Silas to pray and sing aloud and it was a blessing that the prisoners heard them no they weren't standing in a pulpit they weren't able to speak to those prisoners face to face but they still got the gospel out 
through their praying and through their praising of the God of heaven. What a great testimony those men have as they sang in the fires of affliction. May God give us a good voice to sing praises on to our God. A good loud voice. I always think the word of the psalmist was meant for me. Sing it, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Well, make a joyful noise there. And the Lord used that to bring glory to his name and blessing to us. Singing in the fire. May the Lord bless his word tonight to our hearts. That's following prayer. <coughs> Lord, dear Lord, we bless thee for men like Paul and Silas, thirty men full of the Holy Ghost, thirty men who were not ashamed to own their Lord or to defend his cause. Oh Lord, let me learn tonight from Paul and Silas. Write thy word upon our hearts. No, Lord, even let me look over those words again in light of what thou hast taught us tonight and think and meditate upon thy word as to what those servants of thine went through at midnight darkest hour of the night Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises on to God and the prisoners heard them. Help us to sing aloud for the Lord. Dear Lord, we pray that I would be with us now as we leave the Lord's house. <coughs> Take us to our homes tonight and safely. Lord, again, throughout this week, keep us healthy and well from harm and danger. Keep us ever looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen. <coughs>